Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 174. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the books we are looking forward to, coming out the 19th of June. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, uh, in celebration of Jeff John's run on Green Lantern. His historic run, I would say, mm-hmm. on Green Lantern. Nearly 10-year uh, run. Almost 10 years. He started in 2004. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of a Jeff John's Green Lantern retrospective. Because we used to be we used a to be. Jeff John's Green Lantern podcast. This is very nostalgic for us, because some of our earliest episodes were about <laughs> so, Green Lantern. So yeah. uh, brush off your old drinking glasses, because, you know, we did have a drinking... People did do a drinking game for a while. Anytime we mentioned Jeff Johns, they would take a drink. Uh, still play and, a drinking game. <laughs> and get ready, because it'll be a long night for you. And it will be a long night for us, because this is a heavy, heavy beer, right? That is right. We are... Uh, we have four uh, old ales and barley wines oh, ahead... This it isn't January anymore. What the hell? Every I, month can be barley. Every, every 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 episode can be. The, I've had these for a couple months now, and I've wanted since to, January. <laughs> not since March, and I've wanted to drink them so bad, and I finally got my wish. And uh, we're starting off with um, uh, Cunahan's um, fourth fourth D old ale. Uh, this is a old ale aged in bourbon barrels because we love our bourbon aged beers. This is aged for nine months, um, and it is and that a. Just remind me, Paul. I'm sorry, I still haven't a chance to get you a bottle of bourbon yet. What bottle of bourbon? For your birthday. Oh, for my birthday. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Back in May. It's okay. I, I, I went. I went away for two weeks for work. Yeah. That we fell behind on stuff. Good, a good birthday present that's keeping up with uh, putting away money for the Disney trip, <laughs> which I, I've still been doing. John, have you? No. Oh, get on it. Don't embarrass him on the podcast. I didn't know. I, I haven't talked to John about this yet. I, I was gonna just wait till that estate money came in, and I was just gonna set it aside out of that. Oh, okay. Oh, John has an estate. Mm-hmm. Oh, drinking bourbon barrel oh. beer. Hey, let's talk about the beers and monocles. <laughs> Yeah, got off. Or my, or my grandmother died, and she had a monocle. She did wear monocles, <laughs> really. Yeah, she always. She Your always, grandmother she wore, is fascinating. She wore a top hat and dressed up like the Monopoly man, but that's only because she had dementia at the end. So, well, hey. wait, 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 wait. Well, this did she beer, dress this up, is... or did you dress her up, Paul? Paul. Oh, this is you just works? johned it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well. Why did she dress up as the Monopoly man? Because she had dementia. Well, how fitting that this is the fourth dementia. <laughs> Old Ale. From right, I knew the name. <laughs> I should have seen it coming, but whoop, went right over my head. You got to put your monocle on. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Couldn't see it without my monocle. This is actually a really kind of cool brewery. Um, 
over the winter, every couple of weeks they were releasing a new beer that was cereal themed. And I had a chance to try their um, Captain Crunch, which I swear to God, I swear on my dead my dead grandmother's grave, <laughs> on your dead grandmother's monocle, <laughs> that it tasted just like Crunch Berries. It tasted just like Captain Crunch. It had a nice berry up front and then like a peanut butter finish. You mean the oh no, all Crunch Berries Captain Crunch or Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries or peanut butter Captain Crunch? Because you've now mentioned three it different... Had, it tasted like Crunch Berries, and then it had, like, the kind of corn... Okay. Captain Crunch taste at the end. I like corn pops. Did it leave your mouth feeling like no. you swallowed razor blades? No, it no. didn't chew the top of your mouth up on you. But it <laughs> was good. really good. And um, I do enjoy the, the fourth D here. Um, it is... You can tell that it's strong. You can tell it's 13.5% mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, you and I had it... Mm-hmm. During little the more, barley, a little wine. more fresher, and it was—I don't know if it's because we drank so many barley wines. A little more that fresher night. or more fresh? It's a little more, more fresh. fresh or fresher. It—it—it it, it, uh, deserved a slap in its face. It was—it uh, came off a little sweeter and not as much alcohol bite. Mm-hmm. See, this is plenty sweet. I wouldn't want this any sweeter. Yeah, but like it's got that nice kind mm-hmm. of creme brulee. It, yeah, it. Um, the last time we had it, it kind of masked the alcohol breath a little bit more. This is coming a little stronger on, on the taste buds with the alcohol. Well, this because how, how big of a big boy is this? 13.5. Okay. Um, yeah. Paul and I both put this when we ranked boy, how, we had like 11 barley wines that yeah, night. Yeah, it was a lot of barley wines and uh, this we, was top. We, this was up there at the top for us. Mm-hmm. I think I think either number one or number two for me and two yeah. or three for you. It, 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 is, it is very good. Um you know, we raved about Pelican Bay, Mother of All Storms, and I would put this right neck and neck with it. That's, I would have to have the Mother of All Storms again. We did that, that night. Was great. <laughs> we had a. I, I put seven, it above seven month old. I put the Cunahan's 4D, and then Mother of All Storms, and then Arcadia uh, Ales Serial Killer Barley Wine. Oh, hey, we're gonna be doing that yeah. tonight too. Out of the now yeah we had uh, a good uh 12 13 there of all barley wines so it was a lot to it's get actually through. like nine yeah we had nine it is nine but we also drink other things we did, yeah we had like three other beers we had white chocolate yeah but anyways, anyways, uh, stuff that you're not drinking, listeners. <laughs> exactly. Ah, in so your face. We have a couple of these aging, and I would love to go back to that brewery and get more because it nicely is labeled their 2012 version, and I'd like to get more in age and taste a year old versus a fresh bottle. Mm-hmm. Speaking about fresh, what's been going on this past week? Fresh news. Well, Marvel has come out saying that they're. Uh, they're calling their shot as it is. They're saying, hey, look for a movie coming out May 6, 2016 and May 5, 2017. Uh, don't worry. Don't, don't ask us what movie it is. We, we don't even know yet. We're Disney. We own that weekend, bitch. Pretty that's, much. That's, that's how it's working out. And something they were talking about for a while ago for their next wave was going to be like a Doctor Strange movie and, um, a Black Panther. I think we'll probably get another sequel at that point because then we'll be maybe looking at Thor 3 or Captain America 3 because mm-hmm. barring some bizarre circumstance, 
Where those people... movies are going to do phenomenal as well. Maybe not Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. money, but they're still going to perform. We're probably going to get sequels. So do you think it would be maybe one sequel from one of those two, Thor, Captain America, and I... then another new property like Black Panther? I could see Thor 2 not doing that well. You know, not doing... Because I feel like it's it's coming out next summer, right? Thor? Dark no, no, it's, it's coming out in October. Yeah, October? Yeah, this year. It's in October. Let's see. I think yeah, it's, but there's a lot of superhero movies already this year. It's coming out in October, not in the summer. I could see it not doing the kind of numbers that Thor 1 did, and I don't think Thor 1 was as big as all the other. But you have... Thor, Thor 1 was pre-Avengers, though. Yeah. Right. I think this is going to be big because of Avengers. It's going to be bigger. That's kind of my thought. Okay, what what kind of dollar amount are we going with for you guys? <laughs> I'm writing it down. Opening weekend or I, first week? I I can't think. I'm not I'm not in the mind frame for that yet. Okay, I'm sorry. You come up with me. Come up with a best guess next we got, week. We got until October. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in no rush. <laughs> let's let's see how. Um, no, Captain America comes out after. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say, let's see how the Captain America sequel does. We also yeah, got one over a while. We also got Wolverine yeah, coming out. I can't, I can't use Wolverine as a basis for anything though. Okay. Well, let me give you guys some numbers so you guys know because <laughs> we got we got our uh, summer movie blockbuster bracket buster well, we still have going on, and so we're gonna go over some of the numbers. Uh, so in our first complete matchup, we had The Great Gatsby versus Iron Man three. Iron Man 3 opened with $174 million its opening weekend, crushing The Great Gatsby with only $50 million. Now, right around the same numbers is The Hangover 3. Hangover 2, huge. Huge. $100 million opening weekend. It was looking unstoppable. This year, $41.6 million. Wow. And that's going up against The World's End, the Simon Pegg comedy. Um, so maybe there's a chance for The World's End. Do not end in the first round. Star Trek Into the Darkness. Big bet. Uh, I, I bet heavy on this one. John, I think you did too. I don't remember. Or Fast 6 is going up against Fast 6. And uh, Star Trek, $70.1 million versus Fast 6 opening weekend of $97.3 million. Crazy. So Fast 6 moves on versus Iron Man 2. Or Iron Man 3, I mean. I'm sorry. Iron Man also. Uh, Iron Man, after it, <laughs> after its first week, made $212.4 million, and after the first week was done for Fast 6, it ran out of gas and only made $135.8 million. So it only made, it made half of what it made for the rest of the week as it did in its opening weekend. That's, that's kind of a surprise, because people love those movies. I have mm-hmm. nothing vested in them, so, <laughs> eh, but I thought uh, it would have done a little bit better. It's still a huge opening. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Especially because it has, like, everyone from all the other movies in it. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about the biggest uh, box, box office dump of the summer so far. After Earth, $27.5 million. It wasn't very good, though. I saw it when I was in Syracuse because I had nothing to do. Uh-huh. I was living in a hotel room for two weeks. Super cliche. So bored. Yeah. And I was like, I went to the mall one day. I was like, hey, what movies are up? I'll just go see whatever's showing. And it was Fast 6. Mm-hmm. And After Earth, like, at the time I was there, and I was like, I don't want to see Fast and the Furious. So I went to After Earth, and it was just, it was there. I saw it. Very bad-paced movie. And um, 
you know, it should be character driven, but it wasn't. Yeah. There was really no character to it. It was just No, it wasn't. And there was no heart or anything yeah. to it. And which is a surprise because I enjoyed uh Jaden and Karate, Karate Kid. Kid. Mm-hmm. He did. Oh yeah, I thought I really enjoyed Karate Kid. Uh, Man of Steel. Spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen the movie yet. Its opening weekend estimate is 113 million. So really strong showing. They were thinking they were before opening weekend were projecting only 80 million dollar opening weekend. So it did 50 percent better than estimates. It did 20 million in late night showings alone. Alone. So that's pretty impressive. So it's it's doing really well. It does. It has bigger numbers its opening weekend than the first Iron Man. But inflation and all that, I don't know how much you can really read off that. Um, but there you go. There's your number updates. Well, interesting. Or, I just kind of looked this up quick. Green Lantern had a total domestic gross of 116 million. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't good on you, Superman. Right? Yeah. And that was leaning heavily on trying to be Superman with its music and everything, you know? No. Yeah. The score, even like the credits. Mm-hmm. But I did miss in Man of Steel. I'm sorry, John. I'm telling you one more thing. <laughs> the John Williams theme is not in it at all. And I'm okay with that. I I, I kind of love that though. They had bum, it in. Bum, they bum, had bum, it. They had. They they bum, gave you that bum, in bum. in Superman Returns, and Superman Returns was such was panned so much. Yeah. They want to completely yeah, distance yeah. themselves. Which, it wasn't a terrible movie. I mean, I like it. I liked it enough. I, think I have it on DVD. I, I have. It. I, I think I have it on DVD too. I won't buy um, it in Blu-ray. Uh, I it, it's the biggest thing it suffered from was story, but uh, I think they casted it perfectly. All those people were perfect for casting, and the look of the movie was great. Yeah. Um, and getting back into um, other news? Marvel Marvel movies, um, Loki not going to be in. Avengers 2. That makes sense. He got yeah. part of that guy away. You know, he was used. He's gone. Uh, yeah. They're going to have him in Thor 2, so he yeah. doesn't need to appear in 3. Yeah, but he's like in, he's like the Hector, what, what, what's the Hector name? Hammond? Not Hector Hammond. The, uh, Hector Hall? Hellable Lecter. That's oh. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay. I combined Lecter and the H. Yeah. You know, he's Hector. like, he's in, in the cell and Thor goes to him for help. So he's yeah. like that kind of character in that. So I, I wouldn't want him in Avengers. Uh, too. I, I agree, but he is like that huge, like, there's those fans of him like crazy now, especially like the young girls are all mm. going crazy for uh, whatever that guy's uh, name is. Tom they can't go crazy for the newest character. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. Roger. Sidekick to Thanos. He's Thanos' personal assistant. It's it's great. <laughs> there you go. You got a lunch date with Death on Tuesday. <laughs> also, uh, should I push it back? Also, you got to meet the the Queen. Oh, fuck her! <laughs> no, that's not what you said earlier. What did he say? I don't know. He said, "Oh, Bark Villar gets honored by Queen Elizabeth II for wanted and kick ass." She doesn't know what they are. <laughs> fuck you, Queenie. She, she sorry. Thought, we're explicit now. We always make explicit. She thought he caught someone who was wanted and then kicked their ass. <laughs> what that happened? Like, Thank you, Marvelous. Royal service to the crown. Fetch me my toilet seat. She carries around her own personal toilet seat wherever she goes. 
she ma- demands that it gets installed for her in whichever bathroom she's staying in. Really? Or near, yeah. Hmm. She hmm. carries around her own. Interesting. Somebody carries it for her. She doesn't carry it herself, obviously. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> so she has the queen's throne wherever she goes. There you go. Well, Paul, earlier we were talking about our next Disney vacation. And uh-huh. Did you hear what's coming to Disney World? No. More specifically to the Hollywood Studios park is uh, Star Wars Land. Star Wars Land. Yeah. They will be adding <laughs> more to Can we the... come up with a cooler name than well, Star Wars? Well, they probably will have. I know. Future... They just, know, Tomorrowland. They just announced it. Um, it's going to be at Frontier Hollywood Land. Studios where they have the Star Tours ride right by the uh-huh. Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. Um, they're going to be putting in a Star Wars Cantina-themed restaurant, Ooh. which I think would be awesome, but I would hate to work there because it's probably just that song <laughs> over and over, and over again. Trivia and enthusiasm. They will be adding character meet and greets to that portion of the park because they don't have those currently. Which characters are they going to During Star Wars weekends, they have all the characters appear, like Luke, Leia, Han, Darth Vader, Lando, like... Yeah, but it's... Peep, people I go there. Paul, you had to meet the princesses. Yeah, because they're the princesses. Yeah. Han Solo's That's dad. not Han Solo. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> it's not Harrison but, Ford. Hey, you know, we're not six anymore, too. So just think, like, a kid goes there. He gets to go on Star Tours, which is going to have more planets. Oh, good, because we won Star Tours. We won Star Tours. We won we it seven times in one day and saw... All of Everything. the lineups that they, all the planets. They so will be adding won. more to it. Um, boom. And yeah, also, John, adding, I'm sorry. We already beat it. <laughs> we're not riding we're, it we're again. We're not doing it ever again. We've retired. You gotta it. do it alone. Our jerseys are hanging from the rafters. In there. <laughs> they, they, they actually took our badges and put it off. It's um, <laughs> just nerd be, and nerdier. <laughs> they will be adding a new ride in as well. They don't have any more details beyond that. But. Hey, who knows? Maybe by the time we go in 2014, they'll have some headway on this. Yeah, maybe a thrill ride because after, you know, because Test Track has been down forever. It's back up and yep, running. Yeah. And that's an It'd be nice, like, like the, the oh, Spider Man ride that's over that at Universal. In, no, it was closed when we were there. Oh, something I like that, that was with in speeder uh, bikes. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm thinking maybe a thrill well, they, ride for. They kind of. Ha- yeah. They need a thrill ride for. Well, no, they got the, in Hollywood Studios, so they got the Rock and Roller Coaster, right? And yeah. also the Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. So, I, I think they're kind of done there with the thrill rides. I don't know if they need another. I think they... Why not? Yep. Put something else big in there to get people going to that park. Uh, other than it's kind of a cool park. It's, it it's, is. It is my favorite looking of all the parks. Other than... Well, other than Magic Kingdom. Okay. But Magic Kingdom is so splicey-dicey that yeah. it's kind of hard to get a feel. But well, yeah, Hollywood easier. Studios is... I think has a really cool look and feel, like well, going through New York and. Well, John's rinse and glass. It, it, it's easier to do Hollywood Studios because it's set up like yeah Hollywood. Yeah, there is one theme. Ma- Magic Kingdom. It's, it's four or five area. themes. Here's this area. Yeah. Here's this area. Main so, Street USA. I think they have a little bit more leeway. I'm going to start reading because uh, it's two ninety nine on Kindle. Uh, Dark Side of Disney. I've heard it. Um, it's I heard good thing. I, I've heard uh, it's like a read some excerpts. It's, it's like an cool. adult tour guide to for you know Disney vacations down yeah. in Disney World. Like um, the weird things that you could get away with doing. The guy or that maybe not wrote it, Leonard Kins Kinsley Kinsley. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
he has a video on like his YouTube channel where he was just walking around. I believe it was Epcot the one day, mm-hmm. and there was an area you used to be able to go upstairs in one of the like pavilions, and it's been locked off for years. Like you can't go up there. Uh-huh. And he was just standing around there, and there was nobody around, so he just kind of like snuck past the velvet rope and uh-huh. like had his video camera just like walking around. Thank you, sir. And it's really cool, like because there's no lights, but they still have everything like, hanging up there. And then a security guard's like, "Hey, can I help you?" And he's like, "Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm looking for the bathroom." And he just played it really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Also, something that's really cool is the trailer for the new Hobbit movie, The Desolation of Smog, or as I like to call yeah. it, when elves attack. Cause <laughs> this is very elf heavy, and. Well, we didn't get any elves, like, basically in the whole first movie. We got them turning away on their, like, elk. And their their big-ass elk horn thing. Yeah. The elves Uh, on elks. And we get to see some of probably what's going to be my favorite scene, because it was one of my favorite parts of the book, is the uh, dwarves escaping from Lake Town in the barrels, which is kind of (laughs) cool. So I kind of squealed when I saw that. Like, a very fanboy moment for me. I was like, barrels! (laughs) <laughs> I did that little, like, fish shake as I was watching on my computer screen. I got pumped when he got to see the bear, because it, it's yeah. one of my favorite characters um, is, uh, uh, Bjor. Bjor? Bjorn? Bjorn? Yeah. You also, I think, get to see, uh, Bard the Bowman in it, too. Oh, talking about strange names. Uh, interesting trivia fact. Ikea, the I-K in Ikea, is the, uh, founder's initials. Ah. Uh, I can't pronounce his first or last name, but he founded the company when he was 17. Wow. Yeah. By building crappy furniture for people. No, he doesn't build it. You get to do it yourself. He gave people a bunch of dolls. I was like, here you go. And an Allen wrench. Here's a crudely drawn picture. Don't hurt yourself. Oh, boy. Do we got anything else? I think that was all I had. That was basically it. Me mother effing Queen Elizabeth II, which I should do weekly. You should. I'm Irish. I'm supposed to, you know, it's in my blood. Well, let's get into a new beer then. Yeah. And uh, we have another from uh, Cunahan, and this is First of the Gold Rush. This is a uh, just a barley wine, and even bigger than uh, 4th D, this is uh, 14.5%. God damn Sorry, me closing the windows was probably louder yeah, than the motorcycle louder outside. Than the outside. <laughs> um, this is not a bad little barley wine. You don't you you don't get that fourteen point five on it. Hmm. I bad a... little, and then you say fourteen point five. It's like there's nothing little about fourteen point five. I think I prefer the uh... the fourth D. Fourth D yeah. You know what this needs? To be aged in, in a bourbon, bourbon barrel. Yeah. For how big it is, it's kind of... I don't want to say ghosty, because it does it's have light. some linger, but mm-hmm. there's not that full mouth feeling. Like, it hangs on the back mm-hmm. of the tongue. You don't get a lot of those flavors that you get from... You get a lot of caramel a, or... A, a, a barley back. wine. On the back end, it's it has, like, a caramely, multi-flavored on the back end. Um, but, yeah, it feels very light in the tongue. It's not no. that big boy mouth, you know... It's definitely a warming. Like, I can feel it in my chest, that warmth from uh, the barley wine. The last one was so warm me so much, I had to open up my windows. And so. it was sweet, too, because you kept wanting to sip. Mm-hmm. This is this is something you want to take a sip and then let it set and mm-hmm. then take a, another sip. Yeah. The, the fourth D was something that you continuously wanted to keep sipping on. 
Yeah, the mid palette on this is kind of acrid. Yeah. It kind of it makes me think of like a lager. Mm. Yeah. I'm just surprised this brewery is actually out of Michigan. Like it doesn't seem like a Michigan beer. It doesn't seem like it's storing weapons in its basement, waiting, waiting to join like an anti-government. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This is a beer that, on a cold Michigan night, you would probably want to drink. Yeah, but even just like from the the name, like Kunin's, like I would just assume this is from somewhere like East European country. I don't know. It's, well, they, in Michigan, don't they have a German town in Michigan? Like, that's made up to be, like, old it's Germany? It's like German town everywhere. I don't no, know. No, no, I mean, like, it's made up to look, and it's like a tourist trap. I don't know. They brew a lot of meads there as well. They do meads and beers. But, uh, yeah, I definitely would take um, the fourth D over this. Well, yeah, bourbon barrels are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're all white oak. But uh, I'm American. American. Our next beers aren't as strong, so. Uh, well, our next books are just as strong as ever. We already talked about the beer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're into books. So, Paul, let's talk about what book you want to read on June 19th. Well, June 19th, uh, surprisingly, a book that I've been skimming for the best forever. Uh, it's it's this This is a big deal, guys. A book that I've been following ever since the begin before the beginning of the Bag and the Boardcast I know is coming is. to an end. And with uh, I, I, is it finally getting good? <laughs> I don't. This know. is gonna. This is gonna be. <laughs> this is a turnaround point, right? Turns around. <laughs> he writes. Peter David writes awesome endings. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he's been doing has been setting himself up to write a really good final issue. <laughs> And he writes something that gets you hooked and then drags it on until the end. So here we are. Back in 2004, you know what was also going on? Uh, not only the start of Green Lantern. Madrox, the miniseries. Yeah. Um, X-Factor. Number 258. The end of X-Factor, part two of six. Uh, I picked up part one of six. Just last week, because I missed it the first week. I haven't read it yet. Okay, I was going to say, you don't sound too thrilled. Uh, so Number really... two is the turnaround, though. That's where this miniseries is going to get good. It's not a miniseries. It's the the, the finale. Yeah, the, the, finale. the one, the number two of six. This is where don't, it's going to turn uh, don't around. Don't worry, Board cast listeners Wait, and watchers. So I will be doing Board bites of all these issues. It's one issue, but it's parts one and two? No. I'm, I'm parts on one the... and two are out now. The end begins here. The end of X Factor, parts one yeah. and two of six. I'm looking. That's X Factor yeah. t- number two fifty eight. It says parts one and two of six. I'm pretty sure parts one was already in part one of six. This is part two of six, and I don't know why the but website says, says part one, one and, two. and two. I don't Chris, know why. You expect X Factor to make sense? I, it doesn't. I it never their, gets good. I thought their final arc would be the turnaround point. Come on, look at this cover. How is that, that a cool cover? Part one of six. I, least, I don't even know who that is. It's Jamie Madrox and he's a demon. Oh, gosh. I don't know why he's I thought a it was demon. supposed to be Wolfsbane because it's got hairy arms. Well, that's in part two. You gotta look at part one. At you part, gotta look at part thought, one. one. You're looking at part two. And two. I'm glad you picked this, Paul. <laughs> hey, John, what are you picking? No, don't. We're not ready to move. <laughs> 
she's praying because yes, it is Wolf Spain. You know, she's very Catholic and all that jazz. And uh, where's part one? I don't see it. It's not on the bottom of the website, the Marvel website. I'm listeners. The, look at the Marvel I'm at, website. I'm at Marvel.com. Right, and scroll down for more X Factor, and then you have X Factor number two fifty seven. See how that works, numbers? I don't have that. Go in reverse. I don't have that. Well, I'm sorry, you don't Do have that. Do you have that. to actually go onto the X-Factor page, Paul? No, no, you click on the X-Factor book. You know, that's coming out this week. The end of X-Factor, part 206. And then you can so scroll back. So part by. one come out last month? Yes, it came out like two weeks, June So I didn't say parts one and two. It came out because this month, one and two came out. Because June 5th. I'm looking at this solicitation for 258. It says that's parts one and two, though. I know, but... Yeah, because they're prob- it's the same solicitation for both books. What's 257 say, Paul? It says oh. the end of the end begins here. The end of X Factor parts one and two of six. So is this three and four? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They, they have the same. I, I'm, I'm done with this now. Before I move <laughs> they have the same solicitation because both books because it's double shipped this month. They have the same cover though, right? No, different two different <laughs> covers. It's double shipped, so they didn't write up new solicitations for both. That's lazy. You know what isn't lazy? They should just make you two fifty-seven, one and two. <laughs> Paul's totally just out of it. He's drinking a big gulp of his beer. Well, and it's like it's that, just fuck you guys. If they do two parts per issue. Peter <laughs> David would have three more issues to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wouldn't he only have one and a half more issues turning it around if he does two parts per? I'll throw up now. <laughs> a book that I'm never waiting to get good because it's always been good is uh, the book The Six Gun, uh, issue number hey. number 32. Uh, in the last month, I've bought every single issue of this book. because How I've... many parts is it? <laughs> 32 so far. Uh, and this is written by, um, Colin Bunn and Bill Crabtree. And I just, I have really, really been liking this book. And, uh, I've ended up getting it all digitally. And now I'm going to hard copy, um, for the issues. And they're going to be putting out, um, hardback editions, oversized hardback editions, which I'm going to be buying too, because I like this book that much, uh, from Oni Press. Uh, what issue number was this? I believe it's 32. I was busy typing it in, so I didn't hear which one you were looking at. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a real... Oh, 33, I'm sorry. Issue 33 should be coming out. Uh, it... Ooh, I just karate chopped my microphone. Stop karate chopping. Oh, uh, like I karate chop all the time anymore. It's been a while. You do from time to time. Uh, it's kind of... Uh, these two characters have the six guns of... They can either bring on an apocalypse or kind of recreate everything in a more positive way. And there are two groups of bad guys after them, two groups of holy people that are after them, and uh, a scoundrel and a like a virgin farm girl who have these guns who are trying to get through everything. So there's who's the sixth gun? The sixth gun belongs to the girl. Okay. The, Four the of the guns. Farm girl. The virgin farm girl has the six gun. Four of the guns belong to the scoundrel, and one of the guns belongs to one of the bad guys that are after him. But there's the one gun to rule them all. That rules them all. Yes, oh. the six gun is the strongest 
of the guns. And it's held by they a all have farmer. they all have different powers. The sixth gun um, gives you the ability to see the future. Um, you can astro project anywhere you want. You can talk to other people who own guns. So they're the Infinity Gauntlet, kind of Infinity um, Gems. The uh, I it's believe the Mind Gem. The fifth gun um, gives you the ability to be youthful. You never age. Um, the you know, the more you talk about one this, has the, more the power. I don't want to read it. It's it's it is super super solid. Which book. gun sounds, actually gets me to care about this book? Uh, <laughs> it sounds all like of them. This is something I would read after you the the one uh, one of the guns has the power of a cannon. One of the ones has uh, the power. It shoots just like hellfire out of it. One of them is pestilence. Like it's it's a solid solid book. Good. I all I've in the heard western. Really good all things. in the all western too. So it 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 is super you solid. Had me at, what, it at has like Virgin Farm mystic. Girl. It has that mystic <laughs> feel to it. It's like almost like Hellboy uh-huh. in a western. Or and then it sounds like these guns had the power of uh, Epic Mickey, where they can make <laughs> things better or worse. They just kind of shoot and like. The world gets better or worse. You got to put them in like one of the six different seals that are hidden what? around the world. You got to read the if you like. It's hard to explain, but you read the books; it all makes sense. Yeah, you got to stick that pistol in its right slot, and then uh, <laughs> things can get better with that Virgin Farm Girl. Paul's really trying to turn this around. This is this X Factor shenanigans around. Yep. Chris, what book are you looking it's for? Just not so, the same. It's not the same. Never. No, we don't have a long history of making fun of the six. <laughs> no, we don't. It just started. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a trade paperback coming out next week, and it's Saga Volume 2 from Image Comics, written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Fiona Staples. Uh, this is continuing the story of Marco and Alana and their newborn daughter as they take to space and meet uh, Hazel's grandparents. Hmm. Uh, John, you've been reading this in the issues. I read the issues. I read um, the first issue after we got it eventually and loved it, and I knew this was a book that I was going to continue reading in trade because I love Brian K. Vaughn stuff in trades. Um, so I haven't Look read... forward to your birthday. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking around the shelf there. Um, Mystique. And this is a book that every time I see it, it's like, oh man, the new one's out. I want to I want to know what happens. But I do like being able to sit down and read that whole arc in once. And I know you have the issues, so I could do that right now. Yeah, you could do it anytime. But there's something about sitting there with a trade. Like, uh, and nice. I like that I buy the no single issues and you buy the the trades because we're both giving our money to it it's not a lot of times one of us picks something up and we read that issue i like that we're both we're both spending that money on this series because it's worth it is there any character when they go into space that you do the voice for a lumpy space princess for no well they just they just got into space kate and i now love adventure time and uh well, just thanks for being like two years too late, Paul. Yeah, remember when I brought over the DVD and you're like, yeah, that was fun. Let's do something else now after you watch like one episode. Well, we watched two, and then it came on to Netflix, and then we watched them all. You watched like one, like they're in, like season three or four now. Yeah, well, I don't have cable, and I'm not just saying it's not uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, so I'm not going to buy a season pass of it, like I did with season two is finally coming out on DVD. Yeah. Of what? Adventure Time. Oh, Adventure Time. Okay. Well, would you read when we do Saga the... as a trade paperback? Probably not. It really didn't hook me. It's just like I can I can't understand the rules of the world because there doesn't because it seems to be 
kind of that Super Saiyan kind of thing where, well, there's magic and magic can do all this stuff, and then there's science. And it's then kind science of can it's do magic all this versus stuff. science, yeah. and it's like, well, they can both can do anything they want to do. And no, there not, are no, rules. rules. There's okay. a lot of rules. I didn't get into the rules in the first issue. There didn't seem it, the rules that were there laid out in the first issue, if there were any, uh, they didn't make sense to me or they weren't. No, they were just introducing just, you to the characters in that first one. Yeah, I just didn't I, get hooked. I, I love this series. Paul. Okay, I think it's great, and it's a, a I love great Lumpy Space book Princess. That's all I'm saying. In an awesome art for this book for two ninety nine. Yeah, it's a great price point versus uh, any indie book where it's usually like three ninety nine to four ninety nine. Uh. Volume two, it's issues seven through twelve, so you're getting six issues, fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad. That's fine or whatever. <laughs> what? That's fine or whatever. It's Lumpy Space Princess. Oh, because Kate and I do that voice now. Well, <laughs> like when I'm complaining about how people drive when I'm driving her into work, that's the voice I use for them. I'm just gonna like cut you off and not use my turn signal or whatever. Well, who's, who's gonna, gonna be doing the voice for our next dramatic reading? Uh, that's actually going to be you, Chris. What? And now for a dramatic reading of The Shade, number four, page 13, panel two. I read this one already, so I'm going to check my Facebook. I always have been. And that was a dramatic reading by Chris of the Bagdon Broadcast of The Shade, number four, panel two. But we got another barley wine here as well. Oh, barley. It's not January. These are too heavy for the summer. These are, These are I am pretty hot. It is, <laughs> it's really sweating. warm in here. You got the computer blowing all this hot air. And then we're... Yeah, Paul blowing <laughs> X Factor, X Factor, X Factor. Uh, and then you have these 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 <laughs> big boys, and this isn't as big as the other ones. This is ten percent. Oh, it's only ten percent. Only ten percent. And this is the uh, Arcadia Ales Serial Killer Barley Wine, uh, another uh, Michigan brewery. This is really good. It's very nice and rounded. Yes, uh, and it has like kind of a a cinnamony kind of taste to it out of that barley wine. Um, a, a dramatic change on color from. Um, after the gold rush, which was really golden, this is a nice, dark, I mean, it, you could almost pass it off as, you know, a, a nut brown or a, just a lighter porter. It has a nicer mid-palate taste, but it's, there's like no, very little aftertaste on it. It, it kind of just like, I'm still getting like a, a mouthfeel from it, it kind of just like <laughs> melts and covers. Yeah. You know, like I almost can feel like in between my teeth. Yeah, it's good. it's good. I like I like this a lot. I I think it sits on your tongue kind of well. Like I I enjoy the flavors that I'm getting on my tongue after taking a sip. Yeah, it gives it like this a lot. This is a barrel aged or a non barrel aged. This is just the regular barrel. This is the regular. The barrel the barrel aged is next. Like I get a oh, really, really nice malt just like kind of sitting mm-hmm. on like the middle of my tongue. From- yeah. Uh, really enjoyable. I think when we did that barley wine tasting that Paul was talking about, fourth, uh, the fourth D and the serial killer here were my two mm-hmm. tops on yeah. that. I, I like it. it. It has a nice mouthfeel. It, I, I, when I was talking about the mid palate, like the last one, I, I thought it was acrid, kind of spoiled on the mid palate. This is much nicer, but it doesn't have that as big of a aftertaste as the other one. It is definitely sits there on your tongue, but. It doesn't change flavor at the end. 
It's just one flavor, one note. It's all smooth. Mm. It's smooth. It's it smooth. Is. It is. I think you get like a, I get like a cinnamony right in the beginning, and then it kind of goes to that malt. And you can even kind of smell it on the nose, too. Maybe if I smelled it, I would think it. But I'm, I'm getting just all malt goodness throughout. I really like it. It's, it's, it's nice and smooth. It's well-balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got two more of these to age for a year and check it out, or two years, really. Yeah. Um, Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. We have ten years, well, nine years of comics to talk about in so little time. Yep. And don't scratch it. Don't reverse it. Uh, let's just get right to it. Uh, back in 2004, Green Lantern was Kyle Rayner. Green and, Lantern. And also John Stewart. They were both <laughs> operating under the Green Lantern title. Green Lantern, uh, well, wasn't John Stewart blind? No, he was, he could see. He, he could he, see again? He was paralyzed for a for while. while. It was just the guilt that he was feeling. We could, and he did it to himself with the ring. Um, so, in 2004, Green Lantern was selling, it could hardly break 50, the top 50 books of the month. Uh, even its final issue, it did finally break the top 50. It was the 49th best-selling book of the month with Kyle Rayner's last issue. Uh, leading up to that, it was 55th, 52nd, 51. It was right around that realm. Uh, not the big book that has that Jeff Johns uh, basically got it to be. And what DC wanted it to be, they wanted it to be a big book with lots of other books under that same kind of banner. And when you look at what Jeff Johns did over on The Flash, he took what The Flash was, heavily referenced back to what was going on in the 60s with it, and kind of modernized that in a way that brought everything that happened back in a way and set out to do that with green lantern too and boy did he ever do that and i think something else that he did was he made the villains not a joke like flash's rogue gallery before like that jeff john's taking them on and really making them that dangerous set of villains they were like oh this guy has ice power because he can make the flash slip yeah, you know, was something to counteract their speed, and that was kind of it. One note. Yeah, and he, but he always loved the ladies, <laughs> and he made he made them more, and it's kind of the same way in well, Green he Lantern. Made, he made the villains have some sort of heart to them, like there was some reason they were villains, and even Wally West related to his rogues gallery, and in here. Uh, you know, my overarching thesis for what Jeff Johns did with Green Lantern was humanize Sinestro to make him a sympathetic character. And that's like, it's so much more Sinestro rebirth as it is Green Lantern Hal Jordan rebirth in his entire run. I, I think it's really a rebirth of everyone. And that's why you see it as Green Lantern Rebirth, and it's not Hal Jordan Rebirth. Right. It's it's a rebirth a, of a, a title. A refresh of everybody and everything that falls into this franchise, because I was always a big Green Lantern fan. I was just, I was a Kyle Rayner fan because he was my Green Lantern. In the 90s when I got into reading comics, Hal Jordan was already on his way out during the death of Superman. This new guy got the ring, and here's these other two guys 
guy <laughs> and John that they're Green Lanterns too, but not really. And Jeff Johns had a way of just showing you, hey, this is who this character is and kind of boiling it down to the essentials, but not demeaning it at all. Mm-hmm. He didn't just say like, okay, well, no, guy's the hothead. He gave him a character that shows like, well, he's not just the hothead. He's, he's the hothead with, with heart, with, with mm-hmm. heart. John, he, he's just not the black green lantern. He's an architect. He's the builder. He has his own like, way of thinking about things. And, and also, he highlighted, I think, especially in Green Lantern, uh, the Sinestro Corps War, uh, the military aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy is a U.S. Marine Corps vet. He is, he's still hoorah, you know. Uh, yeah, which you don't even, you don't think, think about, about that until mm-hmm. and Jeff I, John reminds you. He's like, oh yeah, he can, he knows how to do a sniper rifle. <laughs> he makes a sniper rifle big enough to take out somebody on a planet. Or take out a planet. And I think that's what Jeff Johns does is because it's not, okay, well, just, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of one. Kyle Rennie, he's not a character because he's an artist. He adds depth. He adds the depth and the layers to it. And it comes out in Rebirth where he just has that page where it's, okay, this is how this Green Lantern uses his ring. Mm-hmm. Here's what he does with it. Here, conversely, Kilowog. here's how the only const- Kilowog is the only one that is able to give noise to his it, constructs. His, his, is the one, his is the only ring that makes a sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because it's raw, unadulterated power that he's able to. <clears throat> it might not be elegant, but Kilowog gets the job done. And John Stewart builds the constructs that are so intricately designed; there is not a flaw to them. Like they're not—they're not hollow. Like mm-hmm. there is like weight to them. And then to give purpose to Hell Jordan becoming Parallax, mm-hmm. it's because he was taken over by Parallax and giving the he yeah he he constructs this whole idea that idea of the entities too yes and and the fear why all of a sudden Hell Jordan has white temples mm-hmm. it's because of the you know of fear. And that was also something really great to bring in with Sinestro in the Sinestro core. But yeah, to give those entities that. And, and not something like what taking away from Kyle as the former main Green Lantern. He's always made Kyle, you know, like the, the torchbearer. Torch He's made him someone who always has purpose, not just ripping the mantle from him and bringing back an older superhero well he even you know claims this mantle of ion during this run uh, during the rebirth run uh up to sinester core war he is ion he is the torchbearer uh he gets the begrudging respect of ollie within rebirth one of my favorite uh, yeah. panels in rebirth is when uh green arrow tries to put on a ring and she sh- tries, sh- tries to create a construct of an arrow and it just drains him so much and he's like is that how much work you have to do anytime you make a construct? And Kyle's like, yeah, it, it is <clears throat> focusing your willpower. And he gets the beginning respect, not of Oliver Queen, but he's able to scar Sinestro. Yeah. And that gets the very big begrudging respect of Sinestro, somebody he didn't, who he calls a alley rat. You know, somebody that he never thought should even hold a ring, let alone t- be able to touch him with one. And that's just, I guess if you can look at what, if you had to sum up what Jeff Johns did for Green Lantern, is it, he gave everything meaning. Mm-hmm. 
the ring just, it's not just weak against yellow because, oh, well, there's an impurity. That's the only reason they ever gave before. Mm-hmm. Well, the impurity. impurity is, it's fear. The yellow is fear. And hey, we're going to build this whole spectrum out of all the And the colors. reason why there's an impurity is because the Oa power battery is actually a prison, not only for Sinestro, but of Parallax itself. And that's how Sinestro learns about the, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the, Parallax the, the itself. Parallax and the powers. And, and how he could go out and build his own battery and use the entity to power his own, you know, his own core of ranks. And from there, it it just keeps on going. Keeps building momentum. Keeps, you know, Sinestro Core War was, I think, the pinnacle of his run. Honestly, uh, I, I loved, uh, because to that point, right after the rebirth, he had, uh, like Green Lantern Core rebirth, and they actually made. Well, that was re- Recharge. Recharge. Okay. And that, that, I'd say that's probably one of the other high points, is it's no longer just Green Lantern. He rebuilt the entire core. There's two, two per space sector. This is, you know, a, a police drama in space. These guys, you know, are eating together at the mess. They are solving, you know, crimes. They're getting together and talking about cases. It is awesome. These guys are space cops again. Their emblems twirl around. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. You know, like, it's, they're cops. You know, all the way up through, basically, Sinestro Core War, these guys are cops. And then after, I think it kind of, that kind of idea kind of falls away a little bit after Sinestro Core War. No, it's... Well, you kind of stopped reading, though, the Green Lantern books. Well, no, I kept it's going still there. through through Blackest Night, and I after Blackest Night, I was like, I'm done. Because they were, during Sinestro Corps War, they stopped being cops, and they started becoming a military force. And then they were just a lethal, you know, lethal uh, force engaged. Mm-hmm. Like, And then they basically felt like a military operation instead of a Police drama. You stopped reading, though, because that's all set up as part of the Guardians' plans. Mm-hmm. They were trying to disassemble the Green Lantern Corps to create something new. And every step that you see, like, kind of jumping ahead to, like, what's happened recently, was their way of trying to break down the core from the inside. And, and Well, Sinestro was pushing them. You know, that was his whole point of creating the core is because he, because what's something great that, um, and our favorite writer of all time, of course, uh, big guy with a beard. I was going to say, who are you going to say now? Alan Moore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, 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 uh, he got on Jeff Johns' case for stepping on his shoulders and, uh, not writing his own stories, but, uh, basically co-opting his by giving, uh, more, uh, credence and uh, to this uh, idea of Abensor's prophecy. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah, Alan Moore yeah. is a dick about it, but every what, comic book is written off as somebody else's comic book. It's, it, but, the, but the here's, whole, it's but, a round robin. But, but, but the thing with Jeff Johns is he's taking that history of mm-hmm. the book and saying, "All right, somebody wrote this. Let's give it more depth by not just a story." But that happened 20 years ago, but making it something more, bringing it back to the now and saying, mm-hmm. hey, remember that 
that guy who read it mm-hmm. 30 years ago is going to go, I have that issue. Oh my gosh, he's bringing it back. And like we would yeah. talk about, like, mm-hmm. oh, he went back to that. We have that. We all have that in trade. Because it's always printed in the greatest stories ever told, you know, or the Alan Moore is the greatest story, DC stories ever told, you know, it's in there. And it's. Yeah. But, and that, here's the thing with Alan Moore, too. Those were all done as just. Tales of the Green Lantern. Th- throwaway all. stories. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. He wrote a story and then moved on from it and didn't do anything with it, didn't go back to it. Mm-hmm. And. Here you are, twenty, thirty years later, where someone picks up and says, "Like, well, no, we we have something here. This yeah. has potential." It's I want to weave a tapestry. It wasn't just a paycheck. Like, we can mm-hmm. we can build this, and that's and they were good enough to build something off of. Yeah. So yeah, and everything Alan Moore has done has been based off of something else, whether it's another yeah. story or history. So I've talked about this before. He can't well, talk. He was that story was you know built off of the death of Aventura himself. And so he got Sinestro realizing there's something bigger coming. He wants to push the Green Lantern Corps to do more than it is. So he creates a Sinestro Corps to be a threat to kind of push towards this war of light that he knows is coming. And, you know, there you really see, like, okay, there's something more to this villain of Sinestro during that Sinestro Core War than just <laughs> that, you know, tw- very thin, mustached, uh, you know, he looks like he's about to tie a woman to railroad track villain. He's, he's got the spa- uh, Space Hitler haircut. Too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, there's more to him than just that. Yeah. And also just giant epic of things, those villains getting getting power rings and you know the the superboy prime having a ring all these people the and anti monitor <laughs> yes the Mon- scarecrow Mongo. no scarecrow, well, scarecrow is in uh, yeah oh okay that was in blackest night batman yeah he almost gets picked up but you know since he had a green lantern ring on him during the green lantern series he was tainted he was tainted and couldn't get the sinestro core ring which was weird because Sinestro was a Green Lantern, so... But he built it. He, he, he built made, the core. He, he makes the rules, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the if I was Sinestro, I'd be like, what What the hell did he do, Space Sector 2814 ring? You, you had Batman? And you let him go? Didn't Batman you, also pull it off, though? No, it, it left him. Right, you right. let Batman... We would win. You are the reason we failed. He, he, no, because here's the thing. Screw ba- you. Batman would not play four. by that rule. Like, ba- you, you can't control Batman. Batman would just do his own thing. Put Parallax in Batman instead of Kyle Rayner. I have the wrong trace on it in this one, I don't think. But, um... Yeah, it was near the beginning. Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course Batman would get the power ring to instill great fear. And I have to say, aside from, like, um, the Crisis books and 52, these are the books that when something major was happening, you had to get them. You had to, you like, you wanted to well, be there for the Sinestro Corps War. During the Sinestro Corps War, 52 was also going on. And this was, you know, it was selling in the 25, because these were happening within the Green Lantern books. You know, you did have those Sinestro Core special to start it. 
And then you had, just throughout all the Green Lantern books, you had Sinestro Core War. And these were selling it in the top 25. Yeah, you, you didn't want to miss those issues. Right. So, you know, he took, so this book was, went from a 50th issue seller to, or, you know, in the 50s realms to a 25 book. He basically doubled the sales. If that math works out, which I know it doesn't, don't, you don't need to email. I understand. No, but I mean, it, you know, it, it's a top 25 book. Up. Yeah. People now cared. About I mean, we Green Lantern having, more so than the Green Lantern fanboys. Because we went from having Chris. Green Lantern to Green Lantern and then Green Lantern Corps after mm-hmm. Rebirth. Mm-hmm. We got two ongoing series, both written by Jeff Johns. And then it went, hey, we've got this cool crossover that went between the two books written by Jeff Johns and Pete Tomasi, who was mm-hmm. his editor over on Green Lantern. So they had worked together. And I think this is where I really start to take note of Pete Tomasi because yeah. I, I can name a couple editors from DC. I can't tell you what books they're on or like what they've left their mark on, but I know Pete Tomasi because he he writes Green Lantern Corps, he writes Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's owed a lot to. Jeff Johns as well. Yeah, I I wouldn't know who Pete Tomasi is. I know him because I said. Pizza, I you you'd finish an issue of Green Lantern Corps and you'd close it and go, who's writing this? And you'd say, uh, uh, Pete Tomasi. And uh, yeah, he he did bring Pete Tomasi to the forefront. You would know his name. And mm-hmm. other than it, I think it's an Italian dish. I think I had some. Uh, I a, ate Pete Tomasi last night. Some Tomasi. I think I had some Tomasi. It sounds kind of like a tomato-based sauce, Tomasi. <laughs> see that it's a fusion dish it's an italian uh japanese dish yeah. it's it's tomato sauce and wasabi tomasi <laughs> so stupid you're welcome <laughs> so sinestro coro happens and then suddenly at the end of it you know there's not just fear out there guys and also there's more than just green and yellow in the spectrum of light we can see therefore Ipso facto, we get the Red Lanterns are the the next step, and this was one of those stupid ideas that I'm sure there were so many writers out there thinking like, why didn't I think of just using the spectrum of light? I'm pretty sure other artists, writers thought of it, but couldn't make it work. And the only reason we, I think we gave it credence is because of all the work he. Now he's a good four years in. There's a lot of trust now built in because Rebirth was awesome. The relaunch of Green Lantern was good. It's now in the top ten selling book. Sinestro Core War, you know, gets pushed down because 52 is happening and everything. It's a top 25 selling book. Green Lantern coming out of Sinestro Core is the best selling Green Lantern book there has been in the longest time. I think it might be the best-selling Green Lantern book, you know, Green Lantern since, you know, the Golden Age. So, now there's a lot of trust that the readers can put in, and I think he's can do something that can come across, if you just explained it, that sounds lame. <laughs> Honestly. Well, no, every color spectrum has an emotion attached to it. It works because we've seen it work before in Sinestro Core War. If Sinestro Core War was a flop, and people didn't have that buy-in, 
and it wasn't deemed cool or nobody cared. And people are like, no, that's lame. Green fear being a what? no. But then you then you go, well, how do you explain the Green Lanterns? You have to have willpower. Well, willpower is not an emotion, is it? Like but, it's uh, it's just like an absence of the emotions, but, just like the Guardians. But no, he, the way I look at it is the spectrum, both light and mm-hmm. emotional. emotional it all rests with green in the middle. Mm-hmm. If you look at it as a scale, green would be the fulcrum. It's right in the middle. That's what's keeping everything balanced. Willpower is what's keeping your emotions in check. Right. And then when you come down to it, the next color that we really saw was in the uh, Green Lantern Secret, Secret Origin, where it goes back to what happened with Avenger's death leading to Hal Jordan getting the ring and meeting mm-hmm. Sinestro. And it all comes back to Atrocitus being what sowed that seed of doubt in him, which then goes back to that Alan Moore story that was done as the throwaway with the mm-hmm. prophecy, which is what led to Abinser's downfall. Mm-hmm. And when you go Roy G. Biv, red is right on the mm-hmm. edge of that spectrum. That's one of the most powerful emotions out there. It's not bound by will at all. It's it's rage. Mm-hmm. Just pure, it's the absence of will. Just It's hate. It flows, it's pouring out of their mouths when you see mm-hmm. the Red Lanterns. And it's the same thing, it, the, <laughs> we have a can of Red Tilt there, we were gonna do. A Red Lantern shot. Red Lantern shots. But uh, we drank, how many percentage of alcohol by volume so far? Do we really wanna put a uh, shot in our gullet? Be, it would be 30 and then be 42 by the end of this? Within an hour. I just, I, I'm cool to just keep going on this. Yeah, yeah, we let's. Drink, we can drink till later. Mm-hmm. We still got one more beer to go, also. That's true. If we drank all this, it would be our darkest night. <laughs> You're welcome, John, because I didn't say blackest, I, I said know. darkest. Um, and that's exactly what rage is when you get a, you don't get approached by the red ring, it just takes you over. And that makes sense. There's no will there to keep it in check. And it's when you start thinking about that kind of crap, they're like, wow, this is really smart. It's not just like, what color is next? Okay, well, yellow, we've already got that. We've already got green. Eh, red, let's let's make it. Uh, people get mad when they see red. There we go. Which I think is what you probably would have gotten if this story it was had been written by someone else or in, or or in an earlier time. At like the 90s. It's just been like, yeah, red, red, they're mean. They're the mean yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. They would be the extreme character in the 90s. <laughs> they're Green Lantern extreme. They have spikes all over with them. With an axe, yeah. And it's like, I'm this, just, these guys, it, we're saying spikes all over them. Like, it's much better than really sharp teeth. Really sharp teeth. And they're just with a name like venom and like blood. And with a name of Atrocitus. And, and I, I brought kind of like the the focus trades because I have mm-hmm. all these books in hardcover. I have so many Green and, Lantern and books. single issues and single issues. And it's just like flipping through these. It's like and here they are, kind of sowing the seeds for Orange. Like, and this is three trades before we get Agent Orange with Larfleet's coming out. It's there's so much thought put into this and none of this story is reactive to anything. It all just flows it, so well. Yeah, it flows like just a great just a great story. Oh man, and then there's that moment where you get Saint Walker just appearing. Fuck. Yeah, with the blue lanterns. 
you know, there's, you know, and he tries to create the different ring phenomenons. Like, not only that, he's creating just a whole new world within what we already thought of the Mm -hmm. Green Lantern universe. Red will, you know, stick to you. Like, the contracts, you know, if they do create a contract, you know, they're, because they don't create contracts, it's just a flow of energy, and it gets to you and it burns. It just burns away at the Green Lantern's aura that protects them. Blue power, you know, hope. It powers up will. You know, that's that's interesting. He creates these different kind of ring effects. Yeah. And to kind of just talk about hope, because that's the next color that we get. Mm -hmm. Hope doesn't do anything that's on its own because it has to have a green ring with it in order to do anything because hope's nothing without the willpower to act. It can inspire more hope and calm people down. Hmm. It can pacify. It pacifies rage. Rage. But on its own. Not not even on its own. They have to be by a green ring to do anything. No, because... They can make shields and fly. Right. But that's it. No, because on their own, they can heal a red lantern. They, okay. they have to be by a green. Like when um, Odin was under attack by mm-hmm. the uh, beetles, like from Blue Beetle. I can't remember what they were called. Okay, the scarabs. Yeah, they they couldn't do anything on their own. They were basically just making shields around themselves to keep from dying. Mm-hmm. Like they have, there's nothing that they can do. I, I really thought they could pacify the red. No. Um, on their own. Hal Jordan was able to be pacified because he still had his green ring on. Yeah, he had oh, okay. the two on. That's why he could also make the constructs. Because mm. normally red can't do anything besides just mm-hmm. be out the napalm. And then... And see, like, this is... It, this, it, is yeah. this is when, the kind of crazy stuff that... when And that was... You had so many issues with mm-hmm. that prelude to Blackest Night. I know. And that's It was when, a little too much of prelude, I thought. See, that's what... I mean, like, I was there every every month getting those books because it just kept getting greater and greater and greater. And, like, when you had Hal Jordan with the half blue, half green suit, and he's just saying, like, I've never felt so much power in my ring. It's just, it's revving mm-hmm. because I have the blue ring next to it. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. In, in one of the recent issues, Guy Gardner's kind of going out on his own, and he just grabs St. Walker's like, hey, come with me. I'm going to need you. <laughs> and, like, St. Walker's, like, trying to have a conversation with him, and they just have captions, like, with Guy's rings, like, willpower at this percent. And it keeps going up this percent. And then Guy just blows it all to take out someone that's threatening <laughs> his family. And he's like, okay, you can leave now. <laughs> it is the Team Fortress 2 heavy and medic combo. Yeah. You're welcome, around. Steam friends. You're welcome. I, Just fall around. Supercharge. Supercharge the heavy. Just do supercharge the heavy. That's all you need to do as a medic. AKA blue. Yeah, yeah, shoot out the medic. Nobody ever does that. <laughs> um But we had we had hints in the Rage of the Red Lanterns arc, which is also a prelude to play yes. night. And that's the thing I, I really think was missing is that actual war of the light. Like, they, they kind of clash, but then that really, it's, it all leads up to Blackest Night. I think there was a misstep, because as soon as Sinestro Core was over, everything basically became prelude to Blackest Night. But it was, and I'm like, give it, that 
story some time to breathe. It like, was leading you to these things because you need to follow this to know. You need to know that this is Prelude. Everything that's coming up to the Blackest Night, you need to know. If you just were like, eh, man, I'm just going to read when the next big thing happens, when Blackest Night starts, you're going to go, what the hell? Why are, are there seven these? different rings out there now? Exactly. And every time a new character got introduced, I was... <laughs> I was shitting my pants because I was just kept going like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Oh, my God. Both at the same time, it's weird. <laughs> That's right. When it, uh, these characters that was going on in this were blowing my mind and shitting my pants uh, at the same time. And, uh, you know, having held Jordan, having both the blue and the green ring on. And then you bring in Lara Flees. I absolutely loved the Orange Lanterns. I just thought it was one of the greatest things and to bring it in and have it work it's not a core it's it, just one it's alien just, it's one, one alien guy. And one gonzo his core is him creating killing the people that get the ring killing taking the ring and kind of almost stealing their essence and then he just loves collecting shit because he he just wants to have it all and so you want one cheeseburger you want two cheeseburgers and I want more of this beer I yes do. I'm talking about this beer uh, another one, uh, when I went to Arcadia Brewery, I was, we asked if they had, I went with two other friends, so there was three of us, not these two what? guys. Wait. Yes, I have more than two friends! Uh, but we asked for the Barrel Age Serial Killer, and they only had three bottles left, so we each got a bottle. And I shared my one bottle with my two best friends. And I hope you guys are glad you did, because this is absolutely delicious. I don't like it. I'm just going to pour it out. I'm going to drink yours, then. I'm, I'm totally taking I'm it. I'm dipping my taint into it as we speak. <laughs> Paul's trying to get pregnant from this beer. He doesn't know how it works yet, guys. Actually, I'm pretty sure this is how you become younger. You just bathe in this. It's not the blood of a thousand virgins. It's just Arcadia's barrel-age. Yeah, just one bourbon barrel full yeah. of this. Yeah, Oak because bourbon the, barrels. the bourbon barrel takes away your age. You know, it's like a de-aging process. It did the aging for you. This is just delightful. Like, it is. How, how big is this? It's only. Um, it's twelve percent. Okay, I was gonna say. I like how you start off like it's only, and then like, it's twelve percent. So it's two percent more than just the regular barley wine. Which you killer, imagine which, that it's gonna soak in soaking, some of yeah. that and aging. And I liked the regular cereal killer, but. This is just you add bourbon. You add bourbon. It's always gonna be it, unless I, unless Brooklyn's making it. It's gonna pop, 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 pop. It's I know. It's <laughs> it's from a show. <laughs> it's called Community. Right again, Roger. <laughs> it's Community. It's this is just great. It's got that nice kind of like vanilla like bourbon. Oh, um, I would put this up there as probably one of the top bourbon beers that we've had. It's uh, that like nice oaky and there's a sweet kind of vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I I love it. I wish I wish I could have gotten more of it. Who knows, you might be able to get it. Uh in yeah. I I I would take another drive knows, to he, Michigan. You might, might find another barrel age that you like as much or more that's readily available too. I mean, just think like that Otter Creek Russian Imperial stuff that we had. 
there was no reason for that beer to be that good. But yeah, no, it's true. And I, bourbon aged beers are popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. They need to start making more bourbon so more breweries can get the hold of those <laughs> barrels. Come on, Kentucky, get what's, on it. What's nice about bourbon and why uh, bourbon aged is happening so often is because you can only age your bourbon once in a bar- per barrel uh, by bourbon laws. For whatever reason, like that, to be able to be called an actual bourbon, you can only produce one batch per bourbon barrel. So those get sold cheaply. Whiskey barrels, you can brew, you know, age as many as you want. Like, I think it's about three or four different batches per oak barrel. So these bourbon barrels get sold quickly because there's a high turnover rate. Yeah. And I'm glad they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is something that I want more of. Yes, definitely. It's not cheap to buy a bourbon barrel, but it's cheaper than any other barrel. Now, John, you were talking about how much you like Larfleys. I don't know. Did you order the Larfleys book? Because he has his own. He's like, got his own thing coming, coming out. out and out of that, um, out of that uh, threshold. Threshold. That was the best part of the book was that Larfleys thing, and I didn't order it because I figured if I'm gonna do it, I'll pick it up and trade. I pick up enough books, and I'm I'm adding different stuff that really hit me like the six gun six gun is a 399 book and i would take that over a lars fleas book any day i've spent more money on that just buying every single issue on comiXology because i i loved lars fleas when he was in the uh, what holidays it was the uh, one christmas special mm-hmm. yeah. they did it was great. I did not order the Larfleys book, and I kind of regretted it because I... I kind of regret it now, too, talking, reminiscing yeah. on the character. My reason for not buying it is because, well, I buy every other Green Lantern book, <laughs> and now I feel like I should be buying it because, well, I buy every other Green Lantern book. If, it's weird, if that you see side. that first issue at Don's... I'll, I'll probably pick, pick it up. Pick it up, and I'll, I'll give you the money for it, because it is, he is a character I'll, that I love. I'll just... I'll just buy it. Like, you not necessary. We talk about, you know, Jeff Towns being able to create characters that are deep. Well, Lyra Fleece is definitely, nope, he's one note. Oh, he's, he's one he's note. He's so single but note. There's but something there's, so he's comic likeable. relief. Yeah. There's something, it, it's very childlike, because mm-hmm. it's all just, I want it, I want it. He tried to give him depth in that issue where it's his origin like yeah. green, orange lantern origin where he's you know this like thief and he's just trying to you know get through and he's he he's jane he kicks his partners off from firefly i'm sorry for the non-sequitur reference um yeah he he will sacrifice all his partners in order to get away with the gold and there are moments where he is separated from the ring and he's panicked he yeah, he's, he has he's a no, drug addict. He has no identity without that. And he has flashes like, my family, where's my family? But then the, the ring gets him again. He's just like, hey, I want more shit. Like, <laughs> and he already has his own space sector. The Guardians aren't allowed in it. He actually gets his own Guardian because, well, I want one. Why, why don't I have a Guardian? I need one. <laughs> See, And I love the fact, we haven't talked about the, like, Entities or the embodiments of the cores. Well, we have a little bit. Well, since we talked about right. like parallax, parallax, we ion. Talked about ion. Um, the red lantern core has the butcher, mm-hmm. um, which was created when Kane died. Yeah, 
which it's, it's, a, it's a big it's ramp, basically like, the mark of Cain, which is kind of weird that it sprung from Earth. And it's very much with uh, Ophidian, the orange. Mm-hmm. It's a snake, and when they introduce all the different entities, mm-hmm. it's a orange snake coiled around an apple, right. which very much that forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. Again, Deep going one. back yeah. to the Bible, so I'm I was surprised kind of by these that they're like, wow, they're. When I say that, I mean Jeff Johnson. He's digging into judo Christian like yeah mythology. Yeah, judo. I wasn't going to say mythology. I was trying to think of another word, but I'm glad you did. It's, it's it, mythology. Yeah, yeah I, I feel the same way about everything. Like, if yeah. we were talking about Greco-Roman stuff, I'd say yeah, the same it's, thing. Yeah, so. it's Judeo-Christian mythology. No, faith. You, That's yeah. how you feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, I always thought was weird, because Green Lantern is about being in outer space. These are outer space beings. How is it, why is it all tied back to Earth with these entities? We, Parallax Earth's, didn't come from Earth. He was out there. He terrorized other creatures. You might be able to draw that back to 52, where Earth is basically the, the center point uh, for like the multiverse. The yeah. And the Superman. White, the White Lantern. Yeah. You know, that was something that... It's, like, deep within the Earth. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's... I was kind of leading towards that. And then... Oh, sorry, Paul. And then... Well, I didn't mean to walk all over <laughs> it. For D all over again. <laughs> hey, John... You do it more often. That's why we call it Johnning. Johnning. Johnning a segue. Johnning. Johnning a segue. And, you know, it basically takes until Blackest Night why we learn why Earth is so key and so central is because the Guardians were hiding or storing or I don't even know what they were doing. But the White Lantern, hey, it's on Earth. Oh, we, ha- we haven't even talked about the Violet or the Indigo core yet, too. Which I did think it was a great way to fit in the the Sapphires. The star, the star sapphires mm-hmm. And Carol uh, and Carol Ferris into all of this. Um, into, into the Green Lantern by making her a star sapphire and bringing that core to life with the love. And her love for Hell Jordan is what fuels her in this core. And I think what's really cool, too, is that it was the core that was kind of just bringing in people and almost trying to reform them, which is very similar to what they did with the Indigo Tribe, too, where the Indigo Tribe was set up by Evan Sir. is like a penal colony, almost, where they had the Indigo rings given to them, and they were atoning for their past crimes. And when the Indigo Tribe made its first appearance, Jeff and I was like, they're the wild card. You don't know what they're going to do because the Indigo ring is it's powered by compassion. Mm-hmm. It has the ability to tap into all the other colors of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, again, that goes into that whole world building where it's like, okay, well, what do you do with Violet? What's another emotion that you can have in there? It's on the edge, kind of close mm-hmm. to love, but it's... It's not there yet. Yeah, it's. I think compassion. Yeah, it does take a certain power of will to feel compact to empathize. Exactly. Like yeah, they, empath- empathy is a big part of it. And they and that's how they're able to tap into those all the recourse powers. They can channel the red energy of rage. They mm-hmm. can channel like channel plus, anything else. Plus, they have those staffs, which are their rings Vulcan. and. 
lanterns in one. Like, and mm-hmm. it's just such a great aesthetic too. Like each one of these cars, we haven't really talked about the looks because it's a Jeff Johns look back, mm-hmm. but everything has its own look. Like, I love how the Sinestro Corps it's all very like fascist looking. Like everyone has a the, ba- the base cap. It's still they all have the collar. They all have they all have the collar the and Nazi it's all, SS collar. And it's all kind of they have an armband. Mm-hmm. Then like their the armband. uniform the, the, is basically a copy of Sinestro's, Sinestro's old suit. But they give him the collar and the armband, which yeah. makes it a little bit more fascist. It, instead it's of very the purple and black gesture. Yeah, collar that yeah. he used to wear, like very like Harlequin. Like, yeah, Jester. Yeah, um, I I really like the Blue Lantern Corps to kind of go back to them, just because not everyone can wield the power of hope, and their recruitment process takes days. Like after <laughs> they, and and that's why you have such like few of them. Like as of Black Sign, I think there's like maybe six Blue mm-hmm. Lanterns because it just takes so long for them to recruit people and you had give them the power of hope. Uh, Brother uh, Worth, Wrath? No, it was Worth. Worth, the, uh, the elephant, Saint Walker. The, the, like the Buddha elephant, uh, a.k.a. Ganesh. Yeah. And there's like the bird. John, come on. There's the Learn your one. Buddhist, Methodist. <laughs> He's Methodist. What? <laughs> We, we, don't, we don't have the elephants in the Methodist religion. Learn your Sorry. Hindu believe, mythology, sir. Spent, Learn I, your Hindu mythology. They don't like believe the in elephants, actually. Yeah. That's their and, method. And elephants have never forgotten that. <laughs> wow, standing ovation from Paul. I, I was happy with that one. There's that um, slow clap but, that's still like a fuck you, though. I know, right? <laughs> I, I so appreciated it that there's only one way to show my emotion. This is a slow clap, hoping that John would then, you know, also chip in with a slow clap, and then yeah, it would build to the... There's been... <laughs> I'm sorry. We were trying to get... There's been better things that Chris has won my appreciation. You said something just like like two nights ago that I was I like, I don't even. Oh, what was it? I don't remember. It wasn't it on was the podcast, that, so it didn't happen. It was just exactly that right. Nothing happens unless it's recorded. To you, sir. I wish I could That's, remember what it was. The remember. standing up and giving a slow cap up is my kudos. It's not yeah. enough you at all. A slow cap always comes off as a fuck you. It, oh, it could. I, I, I know that one wasn't though. <laughs> it's not. But it to never get back is. To it, with, it never is. With the, <laughs> with the Violet Lanterns or the Star Sapphires, again, that was Jeff Johns going into that Green Lantern history and giving purpose to something that just was. Mm-hmm. Like, they were always just, oh, no, they, they have space rings, too, They're but they're not Green Lanterns. It, it's okay. People will buy it anyways. And he's that creator that just looks at it and is like, well, no, that's how it is, but why is it that? Mm-hmm. And we, I think... We need more creators like that. I mean, we have Grant Morrison. Yeah. But that's just, just so out there. Everything that, is it, it, uh, operating it, it, on a different dimension, and stories are more real than you are. Yeah. Like, that's everything I've ever learned from Grant Morrison is that his Batman story will last longer than I will. Therefore, that story is more real than I am because of the lineage, that it, the impact that it will have. So, therefore, Bill Gates is more real than Grant Morrison. Unless Bill Gates is a creation <laughs> of, of Grant Morrison's <laughs> subconscious. 
<laughs> and we have his essence right here in a tilt can. We do. Since we're not going to be going to the movie. <laughs> the, the, the 8%, it's it's less than all of the beers we drank. <laughs> so are you saying we should make a bread lantern? I, See, I, now I, I've I drunk did. enough where it seems like a good idea. <laughs> and that's a problem. See, when I'm at this point where drinking more seems like a good idea is where I get in trouble. I'm okay with it at this point, since we're not going to be able to make the movie. I don't need to drive yeah, for work fine. tomorrow, so... I don't I work it. until 2. I got the day off. Um, so I can just, like, hide someplace I at my office. My my problem is that I don't want to finish this beer because it's just so delicious. I have, like, a sip left. I'm good. I well, let's... Yeah, let's... Cause We've talked about at this point. We've had all the other cores introduced, all the different spectrum mm-hmm. colors. Well, my problem with Blackest Night, and I'll get into it, is that at every turn it seemed like they found a solution. They're going to combine all their light powers and shine it into the Black Lantern, and that's going to save it. And then all of a sudden you have Necron talking about Grant Morrison style storytelling, <laughs> pulling a character that was talked about once back in like forever ago. Like uh, in Final Crisis, uh, what was it, Libra? The the yeah. the the, uh, the guy with the scales, the scales? Yeah. like pulling that character Necron, yeah. like pulling this character out of nowhere and making him the big bad, but he's not really the big bad. And you know, you, you thought you were done, like he was leading this up, and this is going to work, and then it didn't, and then this is going to work, and then it didn't, and then this is going to happen, and. The cover, which was a big F.U. to everybody, which was Sinestro, spoilers, uh, as a white lantern saying what you were expecting somebody else, which was just a big F.U. to fans. Because everybody was like, oh, it has to be Hal, it has to be Hal, it has to be Hal. And then, but I think that's what he initially, and you even said, yeah, is you, he, you, yeah, yeah. he humanizes these characters and you got, you get, there's more purpose to Sinestro than just that. Yeah, than being and, the big bad. And and he has more, he has more purpose, and he is somebody who they kind of justified his actions of why he's gone the way mm-hmm. that he has. Because and the th- one he's thing a character the- that really goes that full circle. He comes around, he starts at that good, goes bad, and kind of comes all the way back around to mm-hmm. being good again. It's the one. And- his ca- big character flaw is his arrogance, and that's. <clears throat> It's his heroic, it's his epic heroic flaw. It's his own arrogance. It gets in his way of actually doing something more for everybody else. And this is also the Blackest Night is where people really had complaints that it wasn't just between the two series, but they had Green yeah. Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, and then a Blackest Night. Yeah. Book. And also it's broke off into every other DC yeah, book. They, they had Blackest Night. Teen mm-hmm. Titans, Black Knight Superman, Black Knight Batman, mm-hmm. and they were each three issue miniseries. But you know, and what? there were also tie-ins within. Yeah, like some books that really this was it. This was when it became a money grab. And here, that and, that's true. But here it was they got all my money, and I don't really regret too much of it. There right. was because not only did they get all his money in issues. But he, but he bought them all in trade. No, I, I bought... It doesn't make it less of a money grab that you're okay with it being a know, money right? grab. But it, it is just proof positive that money grabs work. I, I bought the, all the single issues of all those books. Guys, it's like, three in the morning. 
I haven't meaning to change that again. I haven't had a chance. Pulse o'clock <laughs> on the wall doesn't work. But I, <laughs> I, I own these all in the hardcover. Hardcover traits. I believe I bought seven or eight hardcovers, and they were all like 30 bucks a piece within two weeks of each other because half shipped the one week and the other half were the week after. And I didn't realize that when I ordered them because... $240 for those doing the math at home. And for books that I had already read. $120 a week on books he already read. On top of my regular comic books. On top of his $80 a week on normal comic books. No, I, at this point I had already gone down. Uh, I haven't gone shopping with you for a while. No, I... Yeah, it hasn't been that bad in a while. Back in the day when you were the mustached man. Back in the day, we used to compete on who spent more at the comic book You guys competed. I never was in running. Nobody won that contest. (laughs) (laughs) I sat out. I I loved all of this. And, Paul, this is actually kind of where you started to fall off, I think. Yeah. It's because his biggest complaint was too many color spectrums. And, because and that's being colorblind is because <laughs> it all comes back to that. I just liked having those other characters there and just mm-hmm. how everything interacts together. And that's really I I attribute all that to Jeff Johns. I didn't mind Blackest Night. It's that after Blackest Night where I'm like, okay, we can take a breath, we can get away from that story, we can focus on Green Lantern being space cops again, and then every Green Lantern book was still dealing with. Oh, and it's but Green Lantern going off have, with the Red Lanterns, or you have this build-up to this big, this big war where all these things have all now tied together. And why wouldn't they still be in the books together? Because I wanted and, a yes, you didn't I want, want to you, step down, and I wanted to return. Want, you didn't want like oh, it's a color of the week book. Yeah, but they still became, really fit together. Became a color of the week book. But that's why they have the different symbols and different suits. You can tell them all apart. And I was kind of upset when we talked to uh, Ethan Van Skyver about the different, like, you know, symbols. And he's like, because Sinestro, like, you know, that was kind of the symbol before. And that, you know, and he, like, incorporated that symbol into the mouth of Parallax. And then all the other symbols just kind of were. Like, you know, it's like all the arrows pointing in for the uh, orange lantern, and, you know, it's kind of like the bull's horn for red lantern, and but there wasn't much more to it, and I kind of wanted a little bit more. Like, them to incorporate it into the entities, like Parallax was, and we didn't see that get incorporated, other than the bull's horn and red. Well, no, they, they had that, because on the top of... Orange, like the Ophidians had, like he mm-hmm. had the circle with like the arrows pointing yeah. in. Like uh, Ion, the willpower entity, he had like the, the lantern, lantern hanging from like the, mm-hmm. like the little tail thing that was coming out of his head. It, yeah. It's it's like a space whale. I yeah. don't know. I've said the word space for everything, but there's space cops. There's a space whale. Like it, that's where Great Britain builds their new empire on. <laughs> the last of the space whales. Doctor Who reference. But okay, I, here we go. I was gonna say, there's the page coming up. I mean, the butcher. It's like the ram's horns. Yeah. There's parallax. Uh, the bird for hope. Oh, I can't remember its name. Aphora. But the it, bird built into but, the chest with the wings. Well, not only that, but even just the look of it is that the lantern with those kind of hooks coming down around it. Just that bird mm-hmm. shape is the lantern itself. 
Then, then you look at the compassion one. It's a like squid octopus. What one, two, it's, three, four, five? There's not, there's not eight arms, so it's not an octopus. It's a squid, mm-hmm. and you, you see, it's in the tentacles there. Like the sucker cups are the circles, and then it's got the arrows mm-hmm. going out on the edge, and then for the predator, which is the Love. star sapphire, yeah. the vile lanterns, it's its own kind of thing, and I attribute that just to the fact that the star sapphires had already been created they didn't make the symbol mm-hmm. for that it was just kind of like that starburst but you can kind of see it because it's all very jagged mm-hmm. like it's creation so and man how they, many they, different guardians can we get because so the women guardians they broke off and became the star sapphire guardians right yes. and they're tall they're taller and then they, after, they grew they weren't emotionally stunted so yeah. <laughs> it didn't affect their growth and then later on we get these at the end of green lantern after uh the new 52 yes we get these rebel lanterns that still have, or guardians that still have emotions. These were the well, guardians that were kind of locked away mm-hmm. because they yeah. didn't. Weren't they like, there to protect the one lantern, the the guy that was in there? The the first first lantern. The first lantern. lantern. They were the failsafe. They and but they also didn't just give up on emotion completely. Right and. And that's kind of bringing us up to current, where we've got a new batch of Guardians who haven't been kin to... Because after Blackest Night, plants. we were talking about, uh, after the new 52, the new Guardians, which was a new series. And we were talking about, even and in Blackest Night, there was the whole thing of the new Guardians, because the Flash gets a blue ring, and so and the Atom gets the compassion. Which, and I, I loved all that. Like that for me, that was cool. It was seeing Barry Allen get that blue ring. You know and I you like? love the Lex Luthor series with an action comics where he's trying to get that orange ring again, yeah. and then the black ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to get the power. But you know what I say to that, that whole thing? Well, what happened is in Blackest Night, mm-hmm. each core almost deputized another member in the DC universe into their cores. We had Scarecrow get the yellow ring. Lex Luthor got the orange ring, which just makes sense. Can you open sense. up my closet for a second and grab a hat out of there? Because this whole thing was money hat, money hat, money hat, money hat, money hat, hat, which oh, is another way I to don't say know money where grab. Your hats are. It's okay. Never mind. I don't think hat. he has any hat. He doesn't spot. have any hat. I've never seen you wear a hat. He's got a bag of dice hanging with a scarf. You, and he's like 50 Nerf guns and thing gloves. Yeah, no hat. Of course I have thing gloves. But um, I had some saber hats in there. His wife. <laughs> yeah, can't hit her with bare fists. He only does it cool. out of love, ever loving, <laughs> ever loving drunkiness. Because I'm Irish? the ever loving <laughs> blue eyed Irish thing. If, if you haven't read Blackest Night or Green Lantern, and you don't know what we're talking about, that's what we're kind of getting it's at. With money grab. But here's the thing: it's passing around the hat, asking you for your. It was that awesome moment. Just where it's like, whoa, the Adams got the indigo ring. And it was his costume from like the 1960s where he was like <laughs> the a savage like, Adam. Yeah. It, it was a lot of cool moments that were, th- I don't want to say thrown in there, <laughs> but the way they were woven in, it was like, oh man, like Wonder Woman getting the violet ring. It, 
it all made sense because it wasn't just like, and eh, we'll have Adam be Indigo because whatever. If, he's he's not in a book right now. If that happened, you know, if they put out a fan pool on the DC website. Batman would be in every core. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if that happened first. Like, because it felt so, like, we're just going to. It seemed it came across to me a little pandering and like we need to tie in all the books into this right now because this is our big thing, and it 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 was a big thing and this is kind of like this was Green Lantern going from that oh it sold it's its own little 50s. thing it, it, it became two it, books it became oh now they're doing a yeah. blockbuster spinoff and then it became every book it, it, but these the the events that come are epic. And they're reaching, and this is bit Blackest Night was building forever. It, it was building for what, like this a little might, over a year? Well, the prelude. The prelude, yeah, prelude yeah. was but more than a year. when you look back to, it was all from Rebirth, because even right after Rebirth, when they had the uh, relaunch with Green Lantern Recharge and Green Lantern, when they started with new number ones, in the first arc, you had Black Hand appear. Yeah, and we got to talk about Black Hand because yeah. the Black Hand in the first what is the he was in Rebirth also. Yeah, he the ring. But mm-hmm. but when he went back and killed his whole family and then killed himself to come back as the Black Lantern, Black Ring, like <laughs> that shit was awesome. And again, to kind of go back to what you were saying before, where he took all these villains from the 60s and 70s who were just like lame like oh black hand he was a thief and he just made him this creepy oh he was creepy so guy. creepy just like obsessed with death and like, that's what jeff johns says is he just weaves everything in and gives it meaning gives it life or death <laughs> uh and yeah. i think black is night not to cut you off i'm sorry no no go ahead but Black Knight is where DC was probably looking at the numbers and be like, guys, we have 12 Green Lantern flavored books coming out and they're all selling. Having Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, New Guardians, Red Lanterns come out with the new 52, it wasn't that much of a stretch. No. And it, it actually takes those characters out of the Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, so those purists like Paul, who didn't want those colors of the week in his books, could go back to reading his Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. No, because they were still tie-ins to... Well, in Green Lantern Corps, we're hanging out with a Blue Lantern, and in Green Lantern, we're hanging out with a Red, and... Not really. Yeah, because... How many of the New 52? Oh, the New 52. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, maybe you should get off of... uh... Yeah, you guys were done. It was done. (laughs) So I'm looking up things to do in Vegas. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be a dick on the podcast. (laughs) But I'm producer. Focused here. (laughs) I'm I'm being producer. Yeah, you never know when somebody's going to throw it over to you, and then you're going to be like, blah, 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 step all over my shirt. (laughs) Was that? You had the new... I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What are you saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, John is telling me I shouldn't, I shouldn't pay more attention. <laughs> that's right. That's we, how, that's how far gonna, you have fallen, sir. When are we going to crack open yeah, that the new, The new Guardians. 
didn't deal with the new the lanterns at all. Kyle becomes a white lantern within New Guardians. It builds towards that, though. It, it does build towards that. And then in, Cause he, in has, Green Lantern, we have Hal without a ring. And you are just becoming, talking... You're talking about either, like, the first issues or... The, yeah, the ones that I read. Because, yeah, exactly. That, because, yeah, Hell I the, can only talk about the ones I read. I'm sorry, you asked me my opinion on things, and I'm telling you my opinions and why I dropped these effing books. Because with the New 52, Green Lantern was basically Sinestro, but then yeah. he gave Hell a copy of his ring, which was basically bound to what like his... Uh, right. Which is weird, Not because everybody, he, he makes a copy of the ring, and everybody's fine with that. But then this new Green Lantern gets a Green Lantern ring that Sinestro made, and it's suddenly, he might well, be a that, villain that and all that. that was the ring when... Like, I Sin- don't understand. Well, Sin- no, that was actually Sinestro's ring, because Sinestro and Hal Jordan got sucked into yeah, Black Lantern's ring. So, I read the last issue of Green Lantern, <laughs> so, so I kind of, well, just... I somewhat understand, and I read... Justice League of America. So uh, this is what I'm picking up bits and pieces. Again, we we got another stuff. new Earth Lantern mm-hmm. out of the new Fifty Two with Simon Baz. Mm-hmm. Um, again, who's a completely different entry into Green Lantern because he's not Hal, he's not Guy, he's and not he wears John. a ski mask. He does have kind he of wear, like a ski he mask. wears Kickass's ski mask. He's got. He has a very different costume from what we've seen before, and mm-hmm. I think it's it does look awesome compared to like everything else because it's I, that guy shows up. You're sh- shaking. You're like, oh my and, gosh, I really did something wrong. And much like everything else, he's a lantern on his own. He can use his green ring to heal people. Like that's something you you can't do that. Right. But he was able to do it through sheer willpower. So. He, He's a completely different lantern, even though everyone probably in the core is just looking like, oh yeah, it's another one of those Earth Lantern guys. Like, they got five of them now. I don't get it either. <laughs> Two for every space sector, except for Earth. Because except Earth, which is super. Because important. they got the White Lantern there, maybe still. Well, I don't know if it's still buried there. I don't know. 52. Again, yeah. having Sinestro and Hale having to be together, work together, is another great thing about Jeff Johns's run because they're they're opposite they're so opposite yet they do kind of want the same end it's just they go about it in different ways it's the magneto professor xavier thing it's the martin luther king malcolm x they they have the same goals in mind but vastly different ways of going about it and um do you just want to go right to the to the last issue then with um because the third army matter like it seemed like to me a zombies attack again because like they attack again. and then they change people into more of themselves and that that was more just the stuff with the guardians trying to make the green lantern corps obsolete they created what they dubbed their third army it was after the manhunters after the green lantern corps they were basically brainless zombies again, but not the Black Lantern kinds that were going around, killing people, taking out their hearts, and enforcing the Guardians' will across the galaxy. That was the rundown of that. And then they had the First Lantern, which was yeah. kind of like the... Be, like, the reason why no other Earth 
person could become a Green Lantern, right? Like, that's the mythos why Hal Jordan was so important. He was a space traveler who was present at the creation of the universe. For his. Who's a, a human, though? Space traveler beginning of the universe? He's a humanoid human. She could be human. That's a really long crossover. Paul, you did like last night because of all the spin-offs and issues. All high-ends. Basically, the first Lantern, or rather the first Lantern, was a 12-13-part series that went through all four Green Lantern books, which means you get one part every week for three months. And a bunch of the high-ends were just like, like, oh, it is me, Liz. And I am. I love you saying that, though. I am going to torment you, Kyle Rayner. And then, hello, my name is Bullhays. I shall torment you, Kyle That was every time, Bullhays. He was drawing power out of the different managers' emotional responses to what their lives could have been if something had been different. They are the weird thing on Dom's back. Yes. Hey, Doctor. When you said, we've been talking about DC Less much. Her. You said Donna. I thought Donna Trump. I went to Donna Trump. She doesn't exist in the new 52. She doesn't. But no, yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Donna Noble. Higher voice was one of the two. Anyway. Donna Noble for Doctor Who. The weird, like, scare thing on her back. The left turn. Which is awful. Awesome. Yeah, she does become a blue beetle. Didn't you know? And then she goes up in the office and sells paper. It does appear in the office. It's not happening in the start. Um. Uh, maybe I feel. I don't know. We've done this before. I don't know. for the. We did all companions? That's an Amy. Amy pops in around. I don't know who on the show, but we did that. I, I, I kind of like Donna. She has a little meaty to her. I think she could be a lot of fun in that. I love Donna. She's what, my favorite. So, Alright, so I put her above Rose. Who's your, your Mary Ann of Hill that you're putting? Then I would marry Rose and hope that I become as awesome as Rory. Because Rory has a female. Yeah. Oh, who does that? Rose. I marry Amy and hope that I become as awesome as Rory. I drink a lot. Uh, I always marry her. She's the hottest of the companions. I, I definitely do it with I love redheads. With uh, Donna Noble because she's got she's got some fire. She she keeps so on pulling back. She just be, she just lay back and just kind of no. like, well, come on, I'm get done yet? No, no. Oh, yeah, I got. Um, she's been waiting yeah. for it for a while. <laughs> she just <laughs> doesn't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Mary Amy. Fuck Martha. I don't know. Yeah, Martha. I really like Martha. Hero, be friends with Diana. Yeah, I, 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 I just want her to me. You want to make me? You want to make me? You have to go I agree with Chris on that. I feel exactly how the doctor does it about Diana. Like, he needed someone, and she's just such a good friend for him. Like, in the, uh, the Adipose episode, I can't remember what it was called, where they just, they, they see each other from across the they're like, hey! Diabetes. Yeah. I, that was just such a fun, fun episode. She's doing the time. Yeah. I got love. 
I've been looking for you. But, uh, yeah. So, Wrath of the Versus Legend. Borges. Borges. Uh, the epic finale. And we know it's epic because it's 799. It's a big, big book. They don't have page numbers. It's a quick read, though. It is. But you know what? It's but so good. much happens in that book. Um, but so much is told to you. Uh, that's what I was afraid of at the very beginning. You know what? Here's the thing, though. Okay. I, I haven't been I have been reading the New Lantern books. I, every once in a while, I'll pick one up. And the fact that this told me everything that yeah. was happening, it caught me. It, 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 yeah, I, I was definitely like. Alright, great. It only took an amazing finish for this. And it, 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 it did seem more written for people like John and I who like, liked Sinister War Black. That were around for that and might not have picked up. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, like, Chris and I shared books, and it was one of those things that after a few months, Chris, like, I hadn't been reading those, and I didn't want to be like, hey, can you pull out 40 of these books for me? What was this nice one was. It does start off with what I was just afraid Mr. Jones was going to do, which is Brian McClendon's wrap-up story of, oh, everything is done now, and we're just going to caption. We're going to tell the story. Yeah, tell the story. Because it started off with the hood figure, the bookkeeper. It is Sinestro. It is Sinestro. Uh, and talking to a new uh, recruit. And you the story of Jordan. You know, and how it's bookcased with resurrection. Uh, because who cares about him being Green Lantern for? He came back to life. Right, Jeff Johns? Yeah. That's right. And, uh, but no, it goes right into the actual story. It feels like it's happening in the moment instead of happening in the past. Because when sometimes narrators involved, I feel like there are no. It completely eliminates states. Yeah. Because you know how everything will turn out. All will be well. As it will, as it is, as it was, as it will be. What, what, I'm just going to go on to this issue again. And my favorite part of this was Sinestro possessing Parallax. It's it's not Parallax overtaking Sinestro. This is Sinestro staring at me like, no, you're mine. This is everybody grabbing the biggest gun in the room. Yeah. This is, and grab your gun, and everybody, like, it's. See Disney like the uh, snowball fight between Donald Duck and the three uh, nephews. Oh yeah, we do where everybody's just just making, making a bigger gun. Since another group of grabs a pair of relax. Hell just grabs a spectron. Uh, you know, Kyle comes in first with all the other lanterns. Like, hey guys, remember how you came up with all these other lanterns? I'm bringing them with us. He's like, I'm bringing them to the party. Yeah. And then, and then that semester goes, I'm grabbing Parallax. And he goes, I'm grabbing Macron. And somehow it all works. How did they kill this very four hands again? I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, it's like, it's just a magic fight. It's like, suddenly, everybody's so overpowered. That it's kind of like, done. It's like, I, I don't know, I need a power king. I need a ringing level caption. Yes. I need something to tell me like who's more powerful than who right now because I'm confused. Because Necron is the entity of the Black Lanterns. Is he? 
No. Oh. Is he? Isn't he? Like, is he an entity? Is this the he's people not, not having an entity? He's not an entity. He was like another uh, alien cosmic being <laughs> that was the embodiment of death. He was the entity of it. Yeah, Black Lantern, I guess, don't have an entity. But the White Lantern can too. Yeah. Isn't it that weird Griffin looking at him? Yeah. It's like a, it's another space elk. Yeah. He's got like the weird. I'm sure I'll it. It's all mystical. At this point, it becomes all mystical with all, like, one-upmanship, and it's like, okay, whenever... It's cool for people that loved it and, and breathed it and, and like, bought into all these different entities, but then... Like, that's not where it for me. That's not a good part of the story. The good part of the story is... The, the end last 20 pages of so yeah, it's Hell like, versus Sinestro. Where it's... Oh, no, no, it's... The kid asking... Yeah, but what happened afterwards, Grandpa? Uh, like, uh, after the war? Did he settle down and buy an apartment? Or did he buy a house out in the country? It's basically what happened to everyone. <laughs> and I like seeing old guy... Uh, just freaking in the bar still. You know, and then someone comes and challenges me and just knocks him <laughs> the guy Also from an Alan Moore story. The guy uh, that was on Mogo. <laughs> trying well, to kill Mogo, so right? His uh, heir or child. That okay. guy is Bullfunga the online thing. This guy is... So it's not him, but it's him. It is. Okay. Well, it's close enough to be him. But it's definitely a younger Bullfunga. Yeah. And he can tell he's not... Guy had to fight like his his that character's father before he had to fight when he his ring was uncharged when he was like on vacation or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his ring was locked up at the uh, yeah. the hotel lobby, and he used the one sucker punch in, which is the callback to the Batman punch. When everybody hated Gagar, <laughs> and then I know I did it, and then um, I think all of this. Out there being an awesome Lulu Lantern and healing people and just being a hippie. He's specific. He's specific. One of my favorite moments in this, and it ties up everything for Jeff Johns' run, is that moment between Sinestro and your nuts. Between Sinestro and Hal, and that moment of like, were we ever friends? And Sinestro saying, you know, the problem is. We've always been friends. Yeah. And that is... I've always been and always will be your friend. Yeah, but, I mean, it was... It's the perfect call yeah, to these characters. And then it's a great finale for a man that's been writing this book for almost ten years. That's, that's Throughout the whole this point. entire book, you have pages of other comic book writers. Like, pop culture celebrities saying, like, hey... <laughs> Jeff, great job. You did the book that nobody else could do. And it's... it's Unless you've been in the digital and saw at the end, so yeah, it's, just stop reading. <laughs> but you know what? I, it's the thing, like, when I was supposed to read this book, I did stop, and I read all those, just to see, like... I'm not sure to put out the thing, like, hey, are you having the day, you know, to Jeff on us? And... Dude, they didn't ask us, so whatever. <laughs> well, they, they, we already said it. <laughs> to say, hey, listen. <laughs> They should have summarized and put that on. That's what we more approved. <laughs> Please <laughs> read and review that. Paul gave a standing ovation and two claps. <laughs> and I think this wrapped up his run on the title and his relaunch and 
yeah. rebirth the franchise he, because it is true from everything that he did over that entire nine years. what he said he was that, that's an unnecessary says what the filmkeeper story keeper whatever they call it. he both ended it with two stories of the resurrection yeah and now it can go on and do its own thing by not being as epic I don't know if you had a chance to read Green uh, Lantern 21 yet. Did you check it out? I haven't yet, no. Okay, because well, we now have brand new creative teams on all of these books. It's not just Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Core, but also New Guardians and Red Lantern. And some of these books have new creative teams since the last time they were new creative teams. And I have to say, like, so far, with Green Lantern, Green Lantern, Core, and um, New Guardians, I'm really looking forward to see where these are going to go. Like, I haven't read the New Guardians yet because it comes out this week. But Green Lantern was great. Like, like it, it starts off in a way where, we're like, oh, man, um, Robert Mendy, the, the new writer for it, he's, he's coming up swinging, and it's, okay, this is just how... You, you, gotta, like, you, you have gotta. to. And, like, it's, okay, this is how you have to follow up. Yeah, you can't Lantern. be saving and building like, boards. You gotta start... Right on the game, game, game. Green Lantern Corps is about Jon Stewart and Fate Fatality. <laughs> but it's it's a good read. Uh, I'm, I've always been a Green Lantern fan. This, I don't want to say rekindled my love, but it kind of gave it a purpose. Like, no, no this is this is everything I love about Green Lantern, but it just didn't exist yet. I'm more than excited to see where it continues to go and grow. Uh, I'm really excited about seeing where these are going to go to, and um, might not have been present for all of what happened in that almost ten years of Jeff Johns' run, but every bit that I've been part of, I've loved. Well, don't worry, Jen. If you want to catch up, they give you the nice, like, hey, if you want to know more, buy this trade, this trade, this trade, this trade, this trade, this trade, this trade. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. You don't have to. I pass it around money. Actually, you know what? I, I, uh, there's a good bit from Jeff Johns in the back here. I didn't read that. Oh, don't read now. I just threw up. I don't know. But you're like, listeners are tearing up right now because we're, we're, we're leaving you for another week. We'll be back next week. Stop sneezing. God, we're saying bye. You're just ruining everything. Step all over my you guys anyway. Way. <laughs> I'm slightly dizzy. Good. But yeah, we'll be back next week with number 175. Where we'll be talking about E3! Woo! Oh, it's one of our E3 little back shows. It's been a while since we've talked about video games. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we can give you a class week where we dabble. Yeah, we'll be talking about the video game we're kind of looking forward to. Any kind of big news that we think is cool to talk about out of E3. We gotta give, give time for other people to digest E3 so we can digest it and then regurgitate it back to you. We are the, the secondary birds to your E3 coverage. We know it's been a while. And, and we have a week until we can do a little back. Let's either do that or talk about the X-Men team we would want to make because oh, of the X-Men team. We also had the with the um... Rest, Rest of the development coming out. Yeah, that one called a back comeback episode or call a comeback. Yeah, <clears throat> episode. still still a great idea. We have still a little bit of ideas. Good ideas all around. Give people some good ideas for shows. We got some great ideas, and hopefully you think they're great too. So make sure you're reading reviews over on the iTunes. It makes Paul cry every week that doesn't get one. 
do weep up pretty hard. It's only when he does eat, though. And you can also look so those issues near my, my computer are because of you <laughs> listeners, <laughs> not because of anything else. Make sure you uh, follow us over on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. And we just started... We're on Tumblr? Yeah. I mean, we have Tumblr. It's basically, oh, man. It's basically just another thing to say, like, hey, we have an episode. Because I tag with everything. Like, this will be tag, like, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, or New Guardians. Like, like you, you want for us. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta catch those uh, listeners in our big old nets. We gotta make a beer net. We gotta make bigger net, and we gotta give more to the people that we have, which is why we just launched the Eggboard Digital Comic Book Swap. Yep, and you had to follow the rules, apparently, in order to get these. There's not rules. I have guidelines, guidelines or instructions to set up. Just check it out over at eggboard.com. There's a link over on the right hand side that says Digital Comic Book Swap. We buy a lot of comic books, and yeah, those comic books give us free downloadable codes for digital copies that we don't read because it's, hey, we bought the book and read it already. So we decided to give it back. So if there's, some, there's some movies I have that give me free downloadable books, those could be packaged up as a giveaway. Why not? We got them. Yeah. I, I have codes, too, in I don't know. I got, I got a bunch of codes for downloads of video games <laughs> for different days. World of Warcraft. Anyone can get shit. Just like when Boston freaking in and he starts throwing stuff. You hear Diablo 3 from Marvel that we talk about, and you want to check it out. Marvel will give away a lot of the digital codes. So check out over at Bagboard.com, digital comic books. Every week we're going to add new codes to the database set. If you want to listen to them, it just says the title and issue numbers you want over at contact.bagboardcast.com, and we'll send those over to you. Or if you have a code yourself that you're not using, again, send it over to us, contact.bagboardcast.com. We've already actually received some from the show Steve, who doesn't want his Thor uh, <laughs> god of something. It's not a journey of mystery? No, it's not a Thor god of thunder. I'm not sure. Okay. We got uh, issues one, one through six digitally. So, Paul, if you want to read those, no, another no, 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 check out those out. Hey, check, check it out. We've also got um, X, uh, Warrior X-Men number 31. Check that out today. So, put a little bit as well. We got Steve's beer we're going to too. Yeah, we do. We also have StarCraft 2, Wings of Liberty, and also World of Warcraft 10 Day Pass. You play for free up to level 20 now. I don't understand why I am, but I do. Hey, if you want all of those, go to contactedbeingbroadcast.com. Oh, no, no, this is Star Trek 2 Wings of Liberty for 7 hours of game time, or 14 days from activation, whichever comes first. No, here, here, here. I got one. In Invaders of Day of Black, Paul's got a workout for you. I... 